0: Solastalgia. My name is sue Ann Harding.
1: My name is Cullen Shaw.
0: And this podcast is a series of stories about accidental environmental activism in Northern Ireland. I first came across the word solostalgia when I was reading Robert McFarlane's book Underland. And solastalgia is a word that was coined by an Australian professor, Glenn Albrecht, in 2003. And he defines it as a form of psychic or existential distress caused by environmental change. We sit in Lagan Valley Regional Park, which,
2: as you know, is a designated area of outstanding natural beauty. And we sit within the park. It's the only regional park in Northern Ireland compared to, what, the nine down south or something like that. So you want to protect it. And to see generic black and white boxes going up Mm willy-nilly, you know it's heading our way.
0: Quarterlands is a grassroots collective made up of friends and neighbours who live in and around the Quarterlands Road Drumbeg. When they learned about plans from a private developer to build a luxury housing estate on a site of local nature conservation importance, they quickly came together as a group, working to protect the local biodiverse flora and fauna from the bulldozers. Today we're talking to Roisin, local resident and a member of the Quarterlands campaign.
2: I've lived on Cordelands Road for 12 years now and have a conservation background through my job turning sewage lagoons into wildflower meadows and things like that. So I was a surveyor for Ulster Wildlife for a short while, you know, for the Barn Owl surveys. I remember surveying in Moira, that was my quadrant, never saw a Barn Owl ever. And then coming home, the bottom of the Cordillans Road, this was in 2014, I was driving along night and a Barn Owl flew right in front of me. It was a Friday night and the following week, around the same time, Another barn owl, just wow. further up the Cordelance Road. So I've always known that there has been barn owls there. I live in my back garden basically from March until October time. Mm. So I'm fully aware of all the wildlife that comes in and out, the hedgehogs, the bats, stoats, so many different butterflies, moths, insects. And being a keen bird watcher, I know what birds are on the red list. And like the singing hedge, Mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. I have my own in the Uh, garden, the The noise that the sparrows make. I videoed it one time and I thought, what are these things (laughs) talking about?
3: (laughs) Shouting about, fighting about in the hedge.
2: So it's very diverse in the biodiversity Mm -hmm. in our area. It's very rural. So we're all linked Small houses, nothing stands out too much. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful and we have a small pocket at the back that links to mature woodland at the very back of our site and it provides a woodland corridor that links all the way down to Drumbeg Road and across the road into Lady Dixon and the the whole Lagan Valley. It's a good way to protect that area. Yeah, like I mean, there's no mention of this. As a corridor, look how dense
0: yeah, the woodland is, yep. and it's really old. Mm-hmm. And old growth is so important, and there's just less and less of it's it. See it better.
2: Well, what
1: we're seeing now, swallows. swallows. Okay, yeah. so swallows. We get that on the botanic playing fields. We've let it go; it's growing like this, and then the swiss will come, and they're obviously catching the spiders and mm. the, the. But this is a really precious thing yeah, you that you can't do that. They're all feeding here. Yeah, they're all feeding like crazy
4: edge effect mm-hmm. in the environment isn't it rushing you know that it's where two habitats meet like a field meets a woodland that's or certainly. a woodland meets a stream that's what's highly productive much more productive than the field or. Uh-huh. so
1: it's the edges mm. where wildlife flourishes mm-hmm. and that's what habitat fra- fragmentation is all about Yeah, you know like the cumulative effect of all of these things that individually yeah. are always explainable it's only 18 houses and that's why that big yeah.
4: old hedge is so important yeah, yeah. because what's under the hedge yeah. they haven't assessed in any way yeah no yeah. way mm-hmm. if somebody came yeah. out and took a look and and well it's on it's what's the under things the ground, we don't isn't?
2: see it's like the mycelium of all the fungi yes. network it's if we can yeah. extend that to the hedgerows and the yeah. grasslands they're the same mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. So we're situated on the end of that. What we don't want is any more housing. So I was on Neighbourhood Next Door one time and I saw a wee message from Lisa saying that they're coming and they're taking our street lights away. So I texted back and then she private messaged me and then talked over the phone and then talked about can we maybe set up a group because they're threatening to build houses at the back. And... So I, it happened so fast yeah. between that message on Neighbourhood Next Tour. So when was that? About two and a half two years a ago, years maybe. Ago. It went from that very quickly to, well, set up a WhatsApp group with a couple of the neighbours. I had mm. been speaking to a few of my neighbours. She had a few neighbours. And next thing we were, we were on a WhatsApp group. And then very quickly after that, we went to Zoom meetings. And there was only like five of us at the time. There was Lisa, who's our website designer. We have Rosalind, she's a retired teacher. We have Laurie, who is a radiographer. have myself, I'm a water scientist. And Eleanor, she was a printer. We very quickly found our strengths and weaknesses that we had, and mine was biodiversity. Mm. Rosalind and Eleanor were great getting onto the planning portal and interrogating everything on the planning portal. So everybody had their own specialities, with Norman, who's the only guy on the group, and unfortunately he's not too well at the moment, so he interrogated all the Northern Ireland water, sewage and drinking water, flooding, and so then Lisa developed our website. We started creating documents for everything. The planning authority didn't notify us until very, very late that these houses were 17 detached, two-storey with a view to perhaps adding another story. Smack bang in the middle of our area.
1: Mm-hmm. But these aren't social housing, these are private mm-hmm. developments.
2: Private development. Okay. The house is maybe four hundred, five hundred thousand so yeah. yeah.
1: pounds £500,000. And it would be built on greenfields. And White and land. White land, it's White
2: called. White land, yeah. Okay. yeah. So there's a whole issue of the map of the area. Suddenly developed a line mm-hmm. in it. And so we're at the minute trying to investigate, trying to get an audit trail from the planners to say who drew this line and what was the reason so it was mm. set aside you couldn't build on it mm. this and is important
1: all. yes this particular case does involve some very detail oriented investigation that you've done by the way the website is outstanding so anybody and I would encourage the listener to go to com, yeah. because you immediately assume that you're dealing with some sort of
0: Highly
1: organised. Yeah. UN style. Professional. Organisation. Because it is a model. We are. Everything is there. Forensics, all of those maps, all of those details. Videos, minutes, council documents. It's absolutely outstanding.
2: And it would provide a great base for any group trying to do what we're doing. It is a
1: template. But the thing is that you said yourself that this group that was formed... By chance, well, you've you managed to put together like a dream team. Of course, the question would be that even though this is like world class in terms of social media and presentation of information, has that actually helped you? Has, has it been effective?
2: It has been very effective in that our case, we went before the Lisburn Council planners and it has been stopped maybe two or three times now because of what? We have gathered together and have submitted to the planners and objection letters. Everything that we submit is evidence-based. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we walked in, they they said, right, quarterlands, you may leave because we're putting it off. It's been stopped. The developer's going to have to send in a new development plan. Most of the neighbours did not get a letter to say that this development is going ahead or it's or been pr- proposed. Whenever Eleanor went in to investigate on the planning portal, she had noticed like there was two and three letters sent to the one address. There were addresses that didn't even exist. Mm. There's another girl, Sharon. This development backs onto her property. She knows it very well. She would walk across it. She had noticed that there was a lot of water on the land where they're proposing to build. So myself and Jennifer and Sharon went out with sticks and wellies and walked across the site in the periphery of the site. There is also a very significant priority habitat hedgerow. It's amazing, it's stunning, it's like 50 feet or something. It's huge. At the bottom of that there is running water the whole way along it. The periphery of this proposed site has standing water and running water the whole way around it. Sharon actually went out the other day, sent us videos of the middle of the site that's actually has standing water in it, and she's never seen that before. Mm-hmm. It's all swore and native grasslands, really thick mm-hmm. brambles, and you can imagine the root ecology, the hedgerow, mm-hmm. and how it's holding on like a sponge. A lot of mosses mm-hmm. rush. To me, it would sort of nearly resemble a wetland.
3: Yeah. Wow, wow.
2: So I don't know how they're going to build these houses on that type of weapon. terrain for a start it's just going totally against the local development plans mm-hmm. and the protection of the regional park it's not even being taken into consideration mm. this is still a work in development for mm-hmm. us we're still investigating everything so finding new things it. even
1: and finding out who owns the land is
2: yes the, the latest thing we're looking at is our postcode so we're actually trying to find out if it's Belfast Council right. or Lisburn Council. Wow. And if or we maybe a fa-
1: b- bit of both.
2: If we, yeah. if we find out it's Belfast Council, then, you know, all the work that Lisburn Council, mm-hmm. planning, meetings, everything, that's all gone.
0: Morning, members. Apologies for us uh, keeping you waiting. Members, in a slight tweak to the agenda or to the schedule...
4: Um, we're moving on to agenda item 4.12 but I'll, uh, before we do that I'll bring in Alderman Tinsley first thank you Mr Chair just at this juncture there was one application coming up later on I would be minded to ask for a site meeting we're talking about LA05 2022 0033F having looked through the papers on the amount of issues raised by objectors and uh, the complexities of some of the the issues raised, I feel I don't know the site particularly well. I feel personally I benefited from a site meeting uh, uh, and to, to look round to see the site and raise questions with officers on site if needs be. And I would formally propose that we defer that for a site meeting as soon as possible.
1: You found that you can't rely on up-to-date data even to find out
2: where the boundary is and and who changed this boundary and why did they change it? It's one council saying, oh, that's with Castlereagh. And Castlereagh said, no, that's with Lisburn. This is where we're at at the minute. Under the freedom of information, we've been sending in all sorts. Mm -hmm. This small development that is proposed is only the start of something. They're talking about retirement villages.
0: They're talking about the hotel. Mm -hmm. On the floodplain. So you're not against houses being built, but you're having to do quite a lot of forensic work yourselves to figure out what's going on. Communication has not been great. And the site, environmentally, is wetlands. It's got this fantastic hedge, which we know is an amazing habitat for and red-listed yeah, sparrows, for Agency example.
2: have confirmed that it
0: is priority habitat.
1: So what are we looking at?
0: Okay, so we've climbed up this amazing little spiral staircase in um, a backyard and we are looking over into the site that they want to develop and it's this here which is all overgrown now but what we're really looking at is this enormous hawthorn hedge that runs the length of the fields and that hedge well is in the way of the development right so they if they develop their houses as they want to they'll want to eradicate this hedge yeah mm-hmm. and you think that hedge is very old it
4: is mm-hmm. and, 18, they and then, then you would get bats coming around here yeah yeah and the barn owl. we've heard about the barn owl. yes my Chris has seen the old, he's seen two owls. Really? Uh, and Roisin so thinks she saw one last night.
2: Yeah, I think I saw one when I had the dogs out.
4: All they, they have said
2: is that we realise that some of this hedgerow have to be taken away to minimise it. But how is that going to be policed? Yeah. Minimising by taking 95% of it yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. There's no number on there, so the developer will just come in
0: and rip the it out percent. and nothing will be done about it. And we've actually seen that as a pattern. They've recognised that it's priority habitat and that it's a valuable place, but you have no real reassurance that that actually really does protect it. And we just know that this is the way these people operate. They will
2: come in and they will take out that hedge. Mm -hmm. And that is why we're standing as strong as we can as a group to stop this wanton Mm -hmm. destruction Mm -hmm. Like the developer, they only had a preliminary ecological appraisal. And my job was to go through this appraisal, which I did. It was basically a desktop study done over in England somewhere.
1: Right. Desktop means what? This nobody had come out and visited door.:
2: There was one visit, one person right. in one day or half a day. Don't know what time of the year Fultry, it was, to say the least. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, so, just one. Okay, so yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, ecological would suggest a bit more. Looking at the flora, fauna, exactly. be over, over time period um, to see. It.
0: And this is the local knowledge as well that we've mm. come across. The people who live in an area and who live there for years, day in, day out, and season in and season out, and people who care about the place that they live in and are noticing the place that they live in. The fact that you went out there in your wellies with your sticks and were figuring out where yeah. the water was lying, I mean, you know a lot. And even if they're going to do a desktop thing, did they ask you? Like <laughs> this kind of local knowledge that people no. have
4: is completely untapped or uh, undervalued. I didn't realise there was another hedge there because we could have then got mm. through that barley field and straight in because once you're in there, you, you go straight on into the hedge. but
2: but here where we are at the minute you can actually see where all the the hedging and the trees just links up it's beautiful and that's what we want to protect Mm -hmm. these outbuildings here beside this forested area yes you're imagining there's well there are badgers there's loads of badgers here we see them on the road all the time foxes
1: now have they been identified by the survey did the, was, there, was there a badger survey done?
4: Uh, they said yeah. something vague yeah. like... Within 25 metres. Yeah, something like that. I thought badgers might have roamed that, a
2: bit further than 25 metres. But I, I, I think there there they were the trying
4: same. to say there was nothing the on, on the site, miles, but yeah. there was likely to be badgers in the area. There, there are badgers all around here, there's no question. We see them killed on the road, yeah, tragically, but, from time to time.
2: That's what I, I will harp on about is eyewitness testimony, you know, from the locals. It needs to be taken into consideration when it's a special designated place, one of the biggest places for tourists in Northern Ireland,
4: you know, and that's what we're fighting for. There's no question there's a green corridor mm. because I'm just, I live further up and everything comes up the way and goes down the way from the lagging mm. up and it goes right through here on up it's not even stopped. Doesn't even stop at Drumbeg Village. And yeah. we nope.
2: even have a sale halfway. That's up in this area, all the I way up to This North. is spiky. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. went all the way up to not, no, Probably not the same sale, up to Knockmore. You know really? where the old Coca-Cola factory was. Of and they used to say that the sale liked the, the sweet. Oh. <laughs> so I don't also know about see-
1: that. What seems to happen is that if an area is beautiful, it becomes developable. You know, you get more value by building on a greenfield site that is surrounded by trees. Now, if that means that you have to take down half the trees, well, uh, that's very unfortunate. But nevertheless, you're we'll
0: landscape A it. little bit of landscape.
1: Yeah, yeah a little yeah. bit of horticulture here and there, a few couple of hedges. You drop in the word mitigation. So obviously the developer is going to get a premium on it being bizarrely and ironically in an area of outstanding beauty even though by the very fact of it being developed it erodes the fact that it is
2: the developer had sent in his plan lovely drawings of trees mitigating against the hedgerow being taken away lovely trees and native species and then his drawings were resubmitted and all of this planting was gone and replaced by fencing
1: that's extraordinary they know and what they're doing
2: now. They know what they're doing.
1: The aesthetics around new builds is very, very sterile. You know, you've got your astroturf. It's a
2: crime against the environment. Like, my garden, it's a bit hard to manage, but I don't mind, because it's really wild and mm. colourful and
0: diverse mm. and messy. We know now that wild and messy and wildlife corridors that are created through people's unkempt backyards are actually crucial Mm -hmm. for species now. Things have changed. I think the issue here too is that the developers don't see this change or they ignore Mm -hmm. this change. And for them, they don't see the hedge, the wetlands, the barn owl, the woodland corridors. They just see a piece of land mm-hmm. which is a white space on their architectural drawing that they can fill with luxury housing to make money not to improve the habitat or the biodiversity or to protect against flooding or anything like that it's just completely so far removed from so far removed from from a real place mm-hmm. and yeah. and I think that's what I really like about what you're doing is standing up for a real place yeah and we're not going to sit down where we are getting stronger
2: our evidence base is so massive the discrepancies in the planning procedures that is why it's been stopped a few times now
1: so two and a half years ago realization this is going to go on already realizing the discrepancies about notifications then obviously you get your skill sets there people looking at maps and putting together the information so you mentioned like three or four times you've actually had to confront or had meetings with the council. W- what does that mean? Who who you're talking to? Well,
2: that? say for example, are we allowed to name councillors?
1: Yeah, so could they representatives? Absolutely, we are. Yeah. Well, don't don't um, well, say anything litigious, I guess.
2: Okay. Well, I'll not name this one then. <laughs> three of us ladies were invited to meet a councillor mm-hmm. in Lisbon. I took the morning off work. Went to the council offices and he wasn't there, he didn't turn up. But then we were walking across the road and next thing he came out and he said, are you the three ladies from Dunbeg? And he started talking about our document and he says, your document is too big. We like executive summaries. I just... Jennifer turned on her heels and walked away and I was talking to him and I said, we are a group of people. We have a life, we have our own families, we have work. We set aside time out of our day to develop this document and you could at least have the manners Mm -hmm. to read it. And then he had apparently said to somebody, if you want someone to talk on your behalf, ask her in the coat. (laughs) You know, that was me because... I don't mind who you are, I will put you back in your box mm-hmm. if you need put back mm-hmm. in your box, mm-hmm. no matter who you are. I just found it just so arrogant, and we did meet a few counsellors who were very arrogant, put us all down because we
0: were women.
1: You felt that? Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. totally. So are the most of the counsellors in your area men? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah,
0: yeah. We've heard this time and time again, how ordinary people notice that something is not right, and we've talked about the different levels of not rightness here, and then have had to work extremely hard to navigate the official systems. The planning portal is difficult to navigate. Mm -hmm. And then when you do manage to put together a case of objections, which are evidence-based and based Mm -hmm. on your local knowledge, to an elected representative who asked to meet you And then he wasn't there and hadn't read, yeah, the contempt that is shown for the incredible courage and work and effort that ordinary people have put in. You're
2: almost looked down upon as, you know, just accept your fate.
3: Mm -hmm, mm
2: -hmm. We got that very strongly. In fact, the developer, as they're under duty to inform the residents that this is going to happen, apparently he went to a few properties and actually said... There's no point in even thinking about objecting to this. It's going to go ahead. It's going mm. to go ahead anyway, mm. no matter what you... That's how Argon I was out on the street a couple of weeks ago because there was a few guys around... Like my neighbour had said, there's a couple of people around the field there. So I grabbed the dogs, as you mm-hmm. do, out for a walk. And there was a guy with a shirt, looked very official, piece of paper out, and another guy, smaller guy. and Well, there's three of them. And I shouted across, hiya, uh, are you the developer? Mm-hmm. He says, no. And then the smaller guy popped up and he says, no, I am. And you know, a very confrontational mm-hmm. tone. Sure. And Cordelands Road, as you know, is Minute. Mm, it's tiny. Greener. We have videos that you can just about get the car down mm-hmm. in most places and I shouted over to him. How are you gonna get heavy plant up and down the Queerlands Road for eighteen months? And he said, Quite easily.
3: And I was like, mm.
2: But we've been warned that it can be dangerous to confront what way? these people because you you wouldn't know what what they could do. Mm to you personally there's one of the members of, of the group has had experience of that before and has
0: warned us just to be careful of what we say and who we say it to
1: A shadow has come across this
0: yeah a feeling of in, in intimidation yeah, so you know, yeah so you've got local threats. residents who are working really hard you've got a group of women mm-hmm. who feel that they are being treated with contempt because they're women and not being taken seriously and I really listen when women and that, say that. And that. Hol-
2: that is holding us back to a certain degree mm. because of the fear of intimidation. There was a guy out a couple of weeks ago in the, the bigger field just beside the plot for five hours with a gun shooting white pigeons for five hours very close to residents there were kids out in the back garden, very close. My neighbour Sharon and, and her husband confronted him. Or he more or less told him to bog oh, off, I'll do whatever I want. Oh. Can you
1: do that without a permit? Or can you I'm just...
2: sure he probably had the farmer's permission. But whether he had a licence to actually shoot, we don't know. And
1: they could think he call on the police? The, if a guy's walking the, around my back garden... You know, the police
2: going. were called. Okay. There was nothing they could do because they had farmer's permission and he must have had a licence. So after Sharon and Christopher had said to him, We don't want you back down here. This is private field. He says, That's okay, I'll go in another way. So away off he went and I thought, What can we do to get at this
0: guy? We can't do anything because he would come back and assume it was Christopher and Sharon. You have said that three times you've managed to stop the proposal. So as it works here, as I understand, the planning committee will meet at various intervals and various proposals will be on the agenda to on come the agenda up for that for the meeting. And so this quarterlands proposal will have come up. And you said you've managed to stop it three times. Do you July. Can you tell what the three points of putting the brakes on were? Uh,
2: well, one of them was we wanted a site meeting. We wanted them to come to the site to see it for themselves. So they voted that morning one of the times we were there and everybody decided, yes, we want a site meeting. So then it was put off mm-hmm. for another load of weeks until the site meeting happened. I put in a freedom of information. Can we have the minutes of the site meeting? And I asked questions on my freedom of information information. Did everyone cross over the field? Did everyone go to the hedge? Legitimate questions, Mm. I wanted to know. Was the
1: site visit meaningful? Yeah,
2: did they they just drive past? The length and breadth of the Cordelands Road so that they could see how tiny it is. Mm -hmm. And Come back saying we have withdrawn your freedom of information and it will be dealt with under business as usual or something like that. That means they're not
0: going to give you what you asked for under freedom of information and they're kind of trying to say they'll address those questions in a later meeting. But there are certain rules around freedom of information. But I imagine that asking for the minutes of what happened on a single mm, site visit sort of are not too difficult to find. Yeah. So. So, so
2: this has now been escalated. Rosalind has taken over that one. It's being asked from a different angle. I also sent in a freedom of information with regards to this preliminary ecological appraisal uh, yes. because at this stage, it's out of date, completely mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. out of date. Whenever I was going through it, they didn't even consider birds. No consideration, no survey for birds carried out whatsoever, even though we now have documented evidence of the barn owl. Mm-hmm. Several residents have seen it. They're all recorded on this Cedar. Mm-hmm. Mm. Our enclave is older people not all of them would be computer savvy, mm-hmm. so nobody knows about CDAR. Who knows about mm-hmm. CDAR? Mm-hmm.
1: Cedar is the Centre for Environmental Data Recording. Recording. Yeah.
2: Now, I do know about it because of my biodiversity stuff, but it's not being recorded. No mm-hmm. data from hedgehogs, bats, squirrels mm-hmm. is being sent through from any of our neighbours mm-hmm. because nobody knows about it. So it's not taken into consideration. Mm-hmm. And the CDAR data that drives decision-making, whether a development goes ahead or not, it's just not representative of what the biodiversity is in the area. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have numerous videos up on our website of... The geese going over, the sparrow hawk, the starlings, the mm-hmm. sparrows.
0: When we were Put there, there. Yes. remember we were there. It was late summer. It was mm-hmm. very wet, and the swallows. The swallows,
2: swallows. Yes, flying low. Yes.
0: When they're feasting on the insects mm-hmm. towards the yeah, end so of the day. it that Glorious. Yes, yes. If
2: that development goes up, you'll not see that. Yeah. No, no. They don't see the hedgehogs. I feed the hedgehogs every night. Mm-hmm. We have a fox now, that comes round the houses. You'll see it in the morning and at night. And I go out, I set an egg on the corner of my grass. And literally, it must be hiding, just watching. (laughs) Literally within a few minutes it'll
0: be up and it'll look ah. through the window and lift the egg in away. And the environmental statement that you're referring to that is now out of date... The preliminary. That's available on the website, correct? We're talking about public documentation here that's freely yeah. available for yeah. anybody to go and have a look. We're not talking about anything that's secretive or... or no,
2: it's, it's all put in the public domain. And, like, they didn't... The BAT survey was carried out at the end of November, which is outside the survey season...
1: So is this just bad, bad practice or do you think? I,
2: I think it's bad practice. Bad practice it's, yeah.
1: it's because, But as also you could argue that they're doing it on purpose. So if you do all of your surveys in midwinter, probably no swallows. F- <laughs> no, there wasn't even a swallow
2: to be seen. No bat roosts. Or, or mice, but yeah. I went out with a local conservationist and we did a night vision Oh, camera well. survey. Now it was really really freezing, we were looking at the hedgerows, you could see the wee birds all snuggled mm-hmm. up in the hedges we did see a barn owl but it was in an adjacent field so it wasn't exactly mm-hmm. on the site, mm-hmm. we know they're there. Of but even so the barn owl don't see just... Well they have a range right? So yeah, like be taken one into. tiny little
0: field Like mm-hmm. the, the
2: outbuildings where we were mm-hmm. there was a barn owl in that building because I had actually got signed. we had the poo, feathers. Mm-hmm. I had Ulster Wildlife up to have a look and two of them come out and they agreed. They actually took away the evidence okay. and they had then suggested that a barn owl survey needs to be carried out. Okay. I have asked that question under the Freedom of Information. Would
1: the presence of a barn owl mean that
2: They can't build. Okay. We know it's there.
1: does shooting wood pigeon. Would that be a sort of pro owl or anti owl behaviour, would you imagine? If
0: that guy came down at dusk, that mm-hmm. owl would be no more. Mm-hmm. We've got three points when you stopped it or mm-hmm. a paused it. And one was asking for the site visit. The first one, I think it was because they were overwhelmed with what we were ah, sending out. So in. a bit mm-hmm. kind of They back needed
2: to... time okay. to go through what we were sending them. They have never seen this before. Mm-hmm. We've actually been told by was it one of the MLAs said, Your document is the best document we have seen. Outside the planning yeah. fraternity, oh, right. you know. That
0: so yeah. that was... Okay, so yeah. they're going along business as usual and suddenly you turn up with a document which has all of these different objections and questions. Which is encouraging for and you. And that ac- itself...
1: Yeah, yeah, for the accidental activists amongst us. Exactly, very
0: yeah. exactly. I just... Asking some questions and asking for more information and giving the knowledge that you have
1: yeah.
0: actually made them.
1: This, that was the first beat in an ongoing process because obviously they still haven't turned this on, this thing.
0: It
2: was also stopped because policy had changed where you need to include social housing.
1: So, how did they get around that? They're not building social houses
2: or any element of social houses on that, right? So, 17 detached <laughs> properties. 400 grand. So what they have actually done to address the social housing element is split one of the detached into two. So it's a semi-detached and then a smaller detached property. Mm-hmm. So that ticks the social housing box. Now, if you're paying 500,000, 400,000 pound for a house and next you have social housing next door, what conflict would that bring mm-hmm. in that So,
1: for people who aren't from around here, like myself, I suppose, like social housing, would that be housing that would be given over to a housing executive to to manage?
2: Yeah.
0: Or
1: would it be just a lower price that would go on the market for a lower
0: price? I think it's a housing Housing development type setup. So, it does sound like, oh, we need to have social housing. Quick, how can we make social housing out of this existing plan? Okay, Mm -hmm. we'll just make smaller houses. Mm -hmm. Three social houses in amongst. you know. And maybe also it looks good on paper, but then what regulation or enforcement is there that after those houses were built, they were maybe changed. The, so then it yeah. reverts back yeah. to the yeah. 17 detached properties yeah. so and no
2: sign of a social
0: house. In the
1: South, what they do is they will pay some sort of compensation where they buy back at an inflated price Those units that are supposed to be social housing and that goes into a housing fund managed by the government. They have
2: the funds to absorb. Sure, it's 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 pennies for these guys.
1: Is there any change in legislation around environmental policy that's coming through or has come through? I'm guessing that we have a climate bill but we have no government. So basically that thing's still on the shelf. There is legislation coming down the tracks and I've heard, you know, these are sort of rumours that a lot of developers are worried about this sort of horizon when there will be proper rules around things like biodiversity loss, about drainage and suds, sustainable yeah. ur- urban drainage. But these things, there's a window there where it's not the law, yes. So I'm wondering, that might would give an urgency to the developers. Is there
2: a scramble to get Is there a scramble? Now, to... that's
1: just hearsay. It sounds plausible to me. But maybe every time it's re-examined, that's kind of a win. Because yeah, inevitably- because
2: the the likes of the application to Northern Ireland Water for sewage and drinking water connections, that was proved by Northern Ireland Water. But there's a time frame on that, maybe eighteen months or something. That might mm-hmm. be so as long that as that expires. That, they that need expired, to get another. so they had to get another one. Yeah. That PEA that I was talking about. Mm-hmm. It is now expired, okay. so under the Freedom of Information, I have asked, can you confirm if the developer will have to resubmit a PEA and will a Barnow survey be carried out as advised by the Environment Agency? And they come back and they have withdrawn my Freedom of Information. Again? Okay. Again. They've withdrawn it and said we'll deal with it under business as usual. Mm. So we now have a solicitor on our team, another lady... Laura has just recently joined, so she is going to take that higher up the line because she's noticed on some of her FOIs it's come back the same. They're just withdrawing them willy-nilly. I don't know whether they're just heads in the sand. We can't deal with all this.
0: Or or don't know what to do. You've had to speak at the council Hmm. meetings, and I remember when we were out there on the site, it was just a few days before you were preparing to speak in front of the planning committee, and I remember you know, you get five minutes or something? Three, three minutes. Three minutes. Three minutes to defend your cause. Wow. And as it happened, is it correct you didn't have to then because
2: it we was some... We didn't um, have to. Yeah. And Jennifer has compressed everything to one document bullet points and so she was going to just do all the talk and I was there should ask any biodiversity questions right? Or okay. whatever. But have just, you spoken
0: before in front of the planning committee? No. No? Okay. Because I just remember the anxiety. It was like preparing for an exam, wasn't it? And it is because
2: you know that you're walking in there and they're not even going to listen to you. It's signed, sealed, and delivered. Mm. Just
1: for the non-local listener, the planning committee is made up of 14, 15 councillors, made up of
2: all all the different yeah.
1: yeah. And so there would be a political hue, I'm guessing, yeah,
2: Majority, DUP. Majority,
1: DUP, and then but Alliance. Alliance.
2: Alliance, they you, very supportive. And you've basically
1: reached out to all of the different yeah, ones? Yeah, reached out
2: to all of them. So there have been okay. MLAs, mm. councillors that have been very supportive. Mm-hmm.
0: But they're not meant to vote on planning applications according to party policy or anything like that. They're meant to be doing everything by the book yeah, and according and to procedures which mm-hmm. is why and they do they do okay. they have to right If yeah. they get sued they
2: do yeah they, yeah they stand back and they can't be biased or they can't be seen yeah. to be overly.
0: and yet what we're hearing is that the procedures are kind of not working in your favor they're murky you know these refusals of freedom of information or the maps are changing or the documents are out of date and no one's really taking that yeah, into account they're
2: very very they're very badly behaved I don't know what other way to phrase it and it is almost like they they are obstructive on purpose just to try and beat us down there was one meeting I can't remember who the the councillor was I wasn't at it and he was so aggressive and arrogant that at one point I think Sharon or something was like slapping the table Mm -hmm. and Jennifer had to be held back. Wow. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, this is part of what we're always trying to explore—is like the physical embodiment of what it is to be, to do what you do. You yeah. know.
2: We would, we, we would just like them to be a wee bit more thoughtful and objective. We are trying to protect the environment. We're not out doing anything bad. Mm-hmm. At least consider what we're saying instead of just putting us down. It's gonna go ahead away oh, back. To your day job,
1: so they would have a very pro-developer bias within yeah. the, the planning thing. That yeah. that's clear. Na- you said ninety-seven percent,
2: something ninety-five or, or ninety-five.
1: 7%. So in the high nineties, are just given the nod.
2: Given the nod, given the... and given where we are in Lagan Valley Regional Park, you know yourself there is a lot of interest in development mm-hmm. the whole way along mm-hmm. the Lagan mm-hmm. from Stranmillis up. Mm. So. It would be quite easy
0: for them just to accept planning everywhere. Of course, yeah. and That's that piecemeal thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm.
1: Salami slicing.
0: Yes, it. and mm. the more we learn, okay, they're chopping trees down. Oh, and then up the river is this whole luxury housing estate. Oh, and there is an artist's vision for mm. a marina, and there is plans to open up the navigation of the river. Yeah. And there is the luxury hotel that is planned mm. up yeah. there. And there's your housing. So it's the joining up of all of this. That's quite alarming, but also why it's just so important that each group hold their ground for their bit, because if we were trying to stop everything, it's so overwhelming, even just trying to stop this 17 houses in this one thing. Mm-hmm. Look how much work you have to have It's to the do.
2: 17 houses that are going to turn into another 200 houses that are going to turn in. And you can understand, we have such a beautiful landscape, the river, the forest, you can understand why... councils want to bring development. They want to bring people, money to develop the area. But because it's so critical to save Mm -hmm. the wildlife at this point, we have to weigh up what is more important, commercial development or protecting our environment. And we're
0: talking about an area of outstanding natural beauty in the Lagan mm -hmm. Valley Regional Park. That's the important bit for me. The bit that drives
2: me is that... Lagan Valley Regional Park is the same as the Giants Causeway. It's the same as the Sperrins. It's the same as the Ring of Gullion. Mm-hmm. It's the same as the Mourne Mountains. Mm-hmm. We are the same.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So, would I put a development on the Giants Causeway without consideration or the top of the Mourne Mountains? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, it has to be considered in that light, and nobody is seeing it in that light
0: that also frustrates me that it's just seen as as a few trees in a river yeah and mm. somehow there's plenty of it so if street, i build yeah. a few more houses here there'll still be room for the for yeah. the river that's right but and we've talked about this a lot because back in nineteen sixty five when it was designated, mm-hmm. you know, that's a real sign of hope for the future that people could even in the midst of everything that was going on back there, there were enough people to go, let's just keep this for future generations. Mm-hmm. And how dare we then dismiss that and say I well, just we'll encroach don't... and encroach exactly. and yeah. 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 it's like the long where it's the longs between two cities as yes. well, yes. yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: What's also maddening is like if you look and a map so you have the Lagin like, meadows moorland meadows then there's beaver forest but then quickly as you go beyond the Shaws bridge the golf courses appear mm. one two three four dotted either side of the river these are absolutely huge mm-hmm. bits of private land which if you wanted housing close to the city why not build there why not build <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know why don't you do so a compulsory they've got about seven golf courses, golf courses. Dod- dotted along that's completely pointless in terms of housing, et cetera. It only serves one purpose. That's so that middle class and upper class people can disport themselves at the weekend.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, it's absolutely In a in tr- beautiful area in of a outstanding, outstanding area in natural area. Beauty. beauty.
1: So talk about joined up thinking and climate emergencies and stuff like that. That they've eaten up the last remaining mm-hmm. pockets mm-hmm. of beautiful, biodiversity-rich land yeah. that's cherished by locals... And not even having conversations around mm. car parks or brownfield sites or golf courses. And this is what's really mm. maddening. No urgency around those sort of things. Yeah.
2: Um, we're saying that the more building that's, that's going on, it's pushing these priority habitat species out mm-hmm. into the r- rural parts of, of Lisburn, Belfast. I've never seen so many badgers. Really? Around our like, I've seen maybe one, two, three, four dead badgers on oh, the seen. Drumbeg Road mm-hmm. alone mm-hmm. over the last few months. Mm-hmm. And one, li- I've never seen a live badger, but taking the kids home one evening down the Drumbeg Road, and a live badger ran across the road mm-hmm. in front of my car towards Cordeland's fields. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the preliminary ecological appraisal doesn't take into account anything beyond 25 meters. Yeah, so, yeah. to me, a badger covers more than 25 About metres three of miles. an evening. Uh, yeah, yeah. Th- it it's ranges three miles. Yes, yeah. yeah, so okay, things like months. that need to be yeah. addressed and yeah. yeah.
0: Absolutely. And we saw the badger tracks, didn't we, when we mm. were walking down. Yeah. You know, yeah. they, the wildlife, they're doing their best mm-hmm. to survive with all the obstacles that we put in their way. Can we not just... Stop now that we know yeah. about the crisis that we're in. We need to just pause and stop like these, and think. These are
2: animals and birds and that are on the red list. Yeah, mm. the rarest, most critically
0: endangered list. Yeah, I think we probably need to talk about the flooding that's taking place mm-hmm. across the country and across the south as well over the last few days. All of us have seen ourselves or seen pictures and videos that people have been putting up about how flooded the Lagan is, at the moment, certainly around Lagan Meadows and further upstream where you are... At as- Drumbridge. Yes, yeah. yes.
1: This is like, uh, within living memory, this is the highest... The
3: ever I, has been. I have
2: never, like 12 years I've been there, mm. I've never seen it as bad. I was talking to a, um, a man on the morning of the flooding, he's been there for 30 years, he's never seen it as bad. The house at Drum Nurseries is underwater. Mm-hmm. Um, we had
1: two storms... Back to back, with very little opportunity for the water to sort of run away. To soak away. And
2: we were lucky that mm -hmm. the rate of rainfall wasn't that hard and heavy. It was light. Mm -hmm. If that had been hard and heavy, it would have been another different story. The site of the proposed development that we're interested in has never had water in the middle of the site. Mm. Mm -hmm. It has now. Oh, on the PEA, it says there's no extent water courses, you know, that link. Mm. And, but there is. Right, we have physically walked it mm-hmm. and seen the running water. There is. And what happens when you take away and concrete over? We don't know what flood mitigation they have in, any suds or anything like that. So that water is going to run in eventually yes. to the river course, course at the yeah. bottom of the Drumbeg Road and then into the river lagging. I think
0: these floods... And they're not acknowledging it? No. Yeah, these floods have got to be... It's a a wake-up call maybe, but also I really don't like that because we're already awake. We Mm -hmm. already know. But these floods show us that the way water flows, the way nature...
1: It's no longer predictable. The past is no longer a good judge of what's going to happen in the future. That's right. That's
0: right. And just seeing that body of water and areas that are flooded that weren't flooded before mm-hmm. i think it's really telling us that mm-hmm. you can't just keep chipping away and concreting over and chopping down surely this is a moment where we can look at that and go you know we're dealing with stuff that we don't quite know and if you're dealing in a in a place where you don't quite know i mean think stop mm-hmm. stop think take yeah. stock Figure it out, slow down don't just keep barging on in the same the yeah same way.
2: Bar- barging on mm-hmm. is a good way to put it because we're elevated and it's almost like a it's like a sink mm-hmm. so we are holding back a lot of water and we're trying to find out who and why who drew the line in the map that changed the land use, so yeah. that's where we are at the minute. We thought we would have been up before the planning committee on the 6th of November, but we're not on the agenda again. I think they're just still trying to wade through mm-hmm. what we... We actually had 360 letters, handwritten, signed, set, sent to the Lisburn Council, and was handed over to the security guard in a box. 360. Wow. Uh, in the one day, we'll have a photograph of that, there's like 1,500 people have signed our petition online. So we we do have a lot of support Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I think it's overwhelming the council a wee bit. Mm -hmm. They don't know what has hit them.
1: Maybe they're looking at precedent here. Yeah,
2: but this is an opportunity for the planning people to act responsibly, to have a good news story. Mm -hmm. And look, we do care about the environment. This is the ideal opportunity.
1: Isn't it funny that, that we often think that, that they will seize those opportunities? Yeah. There's probably naivety, maybe useful naivety that we yeah. have, that they, they do we read newspapers and go on websites and realise you know that there is a crisis
0: hmm. and there
1: is a duty of care and they, they, their duty of care is far greater because they have the power.
0: They have the
2: power. Yeah. They
0: have the power.
2: And it's the bodies like Department of Roads, Northern Water or whatever, they are not... They're not engaged with this area, so they have no investment emotionally or, you know, mentally or wanting to see the success of the place as a regional park. Mm. They have no interest, Mm. so they just tick a box and the letter goes in. Planning people say there's no objections, so we'll go ahead. So what keeps you going? Determination to change the mindset of the planning people, because they they need to take the environment seriously and they haven't done they're just so blasé and
0: almost arrogant in their response and what would success look like like what do you you're fighting against this but also what, what are you fighting so for yes, yeah yes. success
2: would be that they would never ever build anymore along Ligon Valley Regional Park and that more schemes would would be created to protect Lagan Valley Regional Park and see it as the asset that it is and not something that can be used and abused and taken apart. I mean we wake up every day and what are the three most common words you'll hear? Climate change, the environment, war, you know We have to take the opportunity to do something positive for a change.